What's going on, friends? Welcome back to the Space Explorer podcast. On this week, Seth and I talk about Star Command, SpaceX launches its 39th mission of the year, and we deep dive into Boeing and all the issues with Starliner. That and more here on episode 62. You have the vision. Uh, Apple vision? Yeah, Apple vision. You have the Apple vision. Not yet, but I'm going to get my hands on it. <laughs> we, have the, we have the start with someone with Apple related because we are related to an Apple site. So <laughs> if you guys haven't watched, uh, yeah. if you guys have been living on Iraq, uh, yeah, no, Apple, Apple vision. Um, but uh, hey, welcome. How's it going, Jared? Hey, how's it going? Sure, yeah. Super excited to be here. Another week in the books. <laughs> And some more news. And of course, more negative news. I feel like every week we just do something like weirdly, we have something weirdly negative to talk about and it sucks. But like, I kind of. Yeah, we, I mean, we were just talking about the, if we did like a win and loss uh, category, <laughs> like we would have a loss every week and never have a win, right? I feel like there's always something like you can find negative. Quarter, but we might get to, a win. Yeah, try to find some, try to find a positive every week would be hard. Positive this week. Uh, yeah. SpaceX launched. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we have a couple stories this week and we'll get through them. Uh, welcome to the Space Explored podcast. Of course, I'm Seth. This is Jared. And, uh, let's get into it. Uh, first up today, uh, Buzz Lightyear, Star Command. The U.S. Air Force announced the relocation of the Space Forces Space Training and Readiness Command or Star Command. Uh, the command will run education, doctrine, and testing for the newest military branch. And will now be headquartered at Patrick's Space Force, ba- Space Force Base in Brevard County, Florida. So, like, just Dude, that's north a win. of you—that's a win for me. I'm right here. <laughs> I, th- I can't remember what. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. I think Space Command was the one that had all the controversy over where Space Command would be. I think that's yeah. everything was like based out of Colorado, pretty much, and so now they're spreading it out. And I think because this was out of—is uh, it Peterson's? Uh, Space Force Base out of Colorado. I think that's also where Space Command is still. Like, most of the Space Force, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, so... It, there's actually a really... I just love that it's called Star Command. Um, like, it, te- technically, it's Starcom, because, like, you don't... It's, it's You put the acronym, you just do C-O-M-M at the end of it. But the patch says Star yep. Command, so it's Star Command. So, you like Star yeah, Command. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> Uh, it's. Uh, I think in my article, I'm like, remember where you've seen it? Because like Star Command is like all over the place. It's so many jokes, and I feel like someone in the Space Force is yeah. just having fun and just naming things uh, that are just. Yeah, I always just revert to Toy Story and Buzz. Like that's <laughs> that's where I get it too. Yeah, Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear, oh, yeah. Star Command, uh, Space Ranger, Star Command. But uh, actually, this actually was originally named Star Command back in like. So like, it has a weird history. It was like it started in like I think it was like eighty two. 83, whenever the, uh, it was like the year after the Gulf War, I think, or was the Gulf, was the okay. Gulf War ended. Um, they're like, oh, we need like a space warfare, like training, like command. I think that was the 90s, not the 80s. I think it was 92. It was 92. Or if it, it was late 80s. Yeah. It was somewhere around those lines. Um, and uh, so it was Star Command for a whole one year. And then someone was like, we shouldn't call it Star Command. Let's start like space. It was like Space Warfare Center or something like that. Then it like merged with the Air Force and that sounds awful. 
Yeah, yeah. Like it, it went through some really bad. Um, like it was like space in uh, innovation and defense defense institute or something. It was it was some bad. It went through some bad names. Uh, and now it's Dark Man, which is also bad uh, for a lot of ways, but also great. You know, also a lot of ways. <laughs> and it's out. It's in it's Florida, so which is where, of course, a lot of uh, the launches happen. And Patrick's is like Cape Canaveral Space Force Station is like kind of like a underneath Patrick's Space Force Space. And, you know, we have the forty fifth uh, launch Delta forty five, um, and you have that's kind of like where everyone's based out of. Patrick also has like there's there's um, PJs there for the Air Force and some in a few other things and uh, but yeah now they have uh, Star Command I don't know how many people this brings but uh, to the Florida area but I'm sure it's I'm sure Patrick's well Patrick's already is a pretty nice pretty nice base have you driven past Patrick's before mm-hmm. yeah it, it's big oh have I yeah oh yeah I drive past it all the time yeah yeah it takes up the entire it has a nice golf course apparently yeah. so. Um, no, it, it's awesome because uh, what a lot of people don't realize is it, it sort of sits on this like strip of land that's an island, which is yeah. near near Merritt Island, um, and you get both the river and the ocean sort of on on one side or the other. So it's a really nice. It, it literally just takes up the um, entire thing, other than like US one. Yeah, I mean US one or is it weather wise? Obviously, uh, it, so US one is on one side of the river, and then A one A is is on the beach side. Yeah, like you're just driving on this one road, and like you just you're on the ocean yep. on one side, the base on the other side. There's no yeah, one public that, that's A one A, and yep. it just keeps going just forever. It's a huge base. So yeah, so that's yep. moving over. Uh, they also announced the Air Force also announced like locations of um, two other deltas. Uh, I think um, off the top of my head, I don't know where they got relocated, and they're not in Florida. They're somewhere else, but I think they're like part of Star Command in some fashion ish. So nice. Uh, yeah, so of course, you know, military never puts all their stuff in one place, so you kind of spread it out. And they share the love through all the states for, uh, political and, uh, strategic, strategic reasons. But, uh, next strategic. up. Strategic. Yeah. Strategically political. Uh, SpaceX, CRS-28. So SpaceX successfully launched the CRS-28 mission for NASA Monday morning, uh, with the Dragon docking to the ISS early Tuesday morning. Which is today that we're recording it. Actually, recorded on a Tuesday, not not earlier than we planned, but that's my fault. But we at least recorded on a Tuesday. Still pretty close. A lot closer than last week. Yes, it was. Now this was SpaceX's 39th launch of 2023, and its booster made it the 30th drone ship landing of the year. On the drone ship, a shortfall of gravitas. The Dragon will stay on the station for a few months before returning with cargo to be recovered. Uh, did you look into? Were you there for this launch, by the way? Did you not make it? I was not. No, I no, I wasn't able to make it. Unfortunately. Did you look up at and any? It got pushed a couple of times. It did get pushed a couple of times. Yeah. Did you look up any of the payloads that were going on it? Because there's one really cool one. I nope. Like. Okay. First I of all, missed all of it. There's one where there's like a, it's like a high school, grade school, like sponsored like science project that's going up. And nice. You think grade school? Like you're thinking, what would you, what, what would what would science people do in grade school? You know, like dissect frogs. You know, like in some shellfish. Eh, that's I don't think they do that anymore, but. That's all I did. That's all I remember from grade school. Maybe. Yeah, no, they're they're like yeah. they're studying the art, the, the DNA of like a genome or something. Like it's yeah. There it's, you go. Yeah, that I don't know who, what school you go to that you do that. I wish I had that as my study. I might have. Well, I hated biology actually, so I probably would. Have, I probably would not have done well uh, studying that. I barely was able to dissect a fish without like <laughs> having a rough day. I, I also had science right after lunch, so like that didn't really help at all 
Mm, it was bad so timing. Bad. So bad. But uh, no, my favorite my favorite payload that went up there was a CubeSat uh, that's going to be deployed, I think, from the NanoAx um, airlock is up there on the station. And it's uh, sponsored by, uh, I don't I don't remember one of the company's names, uh, but also by, with the Air Force Research Laboratory and Space Force. And it's pretty much, uh, they're going to launch this CubeSat, and then students are going to try to hack it. That's, that's cool. all it is. I, I read that. I'm like, that is, that's cool. I want to do that. I want, I want to take cool. uh, and trying to hack a, uh, a CubeSat because that'd be hilarious. But um, that is actually where this launched. This launch, I think their SpaceX is down to f- one launch every like 4.1 days, which is closer. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. It's crazy. But uh, hate to break it to you, not close enough to 100 launches. That would not right. get them 100 launches here. That would get them like 80 right. launches. Two a day. I think it's like every 3.6 days it needs to be. Like they're just barely there. But like they're launching every four days rather than every like three days. So there's they're, been a couple, but there's been a couple this year that are like basically two in, in a 24 hour turnaround. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, so yeah, it's been. It's been pretty, pretty quick. So they're getting there. Right. Uh, we'll see. This one also featured like the shortened um, second stage. Uh, like uh, Merlin vacuum uh, nozzle. I don't know if you watched the stream. You noticed it. Like it's a, it's like a stubby little stubby nozzle on the second stage rather than the yep. much larger yep. one. And which they're using that when they don't need as much performance. They're doing some weird stuff. SpaceX is doing some weird stuff. Last week we saw a crude, or was it last week? The week before that we saw a crude launch with a RTLS, and now they're launching a CRS mission that used to be RTLS with a second stage that has less performance so like i'm wondering what the trade-off is where you you use a second stage with less performance rather than using the second stage with more performance and doing an rtls maybe like it's just that area where like it doesn't i don't know like there's just it, spacex you're doing weird stuff dude i don't know i don't know we, i understood your launches and now now i don't know what you're doing half the time <laughs> Well, I think they have the latitude now, right? Now it's just like experimentation. Yeah, they've been like, they've just been uh, throwing Starlinks at the wall and just trying things out. And that's why they've been able to. Literally, do... dude. It's <laughs> like a slingshot. That thing just gets reloaded and shot back up. But Slick 40 has done the bulk of the. I think they're at like. They're. Oh my gosh. They're at like in the 20s for launches out of Slick 40. Yeah. They've only. I think this is only the sixth mission out of LC 39A. So uh, most of them have come out of Slick 40. And I don't know. It's just weird. That's my part. Like it's just like uh, they've been thrown out uh, throughout the wall. So they they've, they developed this smaller in, you know rocket nozzle to. I think for two reasons. One of them is it doesn't need as, as much performance. It's easier to produce. So I think they can produce it faster. Which I think that I think that that nozzle is like I think that's the limiting factor. Like how quickly they can launch. Um, so, because they really want to get that 100, I think that's how they're going to have to get to it, is make that second stage production shorter. Because that's the only thing they make yep. new these days, pretty much, is the second stage. So, um, I don't know. It's just, I just find it funny that, like, nowadays, like, we went from, like, really consistent SpaceX launches to now we're like, Let's see what's new this time. What are they going to change up this time? I know. Yeah. So. It's still pretty consistent, though. You can, you can count on it. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening so, so frequently now. Yeah, I mean, we had a weather scrub, which was like the first time in a while. So like, yeah, which, yeah. So it, it's first always time for this se- for this uh, hurricane season. Yeah, now we're going to the hurricane season. Yeah, you had a tropical storm, didn't you? 
Uh, we did not. It, well, it, uh, it sort of blew blew past, but yeah. Okay. But uh, we but it was on the map. It was on the map. So it apparently uh, was on the map. I didn't see it on the map, but uh, as Dora always sings, was it on the map? On the map? On the map? On the, I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> All right, you know, there, you don't remember we'll, Dora uh, the Explorer? We'll know. cut that part. Out. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> we'll skip that part. You guys can fast forward through that part. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, next up, which is uh, kind of, which is going the biggest story of the last week. Uh, like we said, there's always some sort of negative news, and this was kind of like the most surprising news of the week. Uh, we didn't really see it coming, and uh, there's a lot of things I have to say about this uh, that we'll get into. So we're gonna read through this. We're gonna break, and then we're gonna come back for uh, for our deep dive. Uh, last week, Tuesday, Boeing announced that it was delaying its launch of the crew flight test mission for NASA after discovering some pretty serious problems with the Starliner spacecraft. First, Boeing discovered, discovered the tape used to protect wiring throughout the capsule was found to have a flammable component under the right circumstances. Removing the tape would possibly mean damaging the wires, and so, other, so another solution is being worked on. Second, the soft links between Starliner and its parachutes were found to not withstand as much stress as once believed due to incorrect measurements. This issue is also still being worked on. No solution was given. Boeing's commercial crew manager, Mark Nappy, stated that these, prob- these problems were brought to the company's CEO for a decision on how to move forward, which is not a great look for the company once believed to lap SpaceX in developing a crew-rated system. So... We're going to break on that one real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, so Boeing uh, does not have a really... <laughs> has run into some more problems, uh, which has kind of been the the, uh, the MO for the, for the Starliner program. And did you watch... Did you kind of like... Digest anything of the news like when it came out because it was kind of lot. It was it was like we got it was announced. I think it was announced that day that there was going to be a press conference and then it was like delayed and it was like towards the end of the day and it was like kind of one of those things like okay they're trying to drop this right at the end of the day to like no one gets articles out right. but like when you drop news that yeah, day yeah so it gets rolled over people gets people work overtime uh, <laughs> get an article out so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, did you, did you get, did you like digest any of the news that like what happened or like, what's your thoughts on like hearing that the, they're delaying again? Uh, I digested all the moaning from the team. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we, uh, oh, the Slack channel was yeah. alive during that press conference. It was mostly yeah, me. Yeah, just the, um, <laughs> mostly me, but it was, yeah, it was alive. That's, that's really the only thing I didn't, I didn't deep dive into it. Um, like everybody else who's watching and listening to this now. You should stay tuned to get your news here. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Um, so let me explain but, it to you then. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, we, yeah, you should definitely give it a good explanation. But yeah, I, the only thing I digested was that it was like mm-hmm. a lot of disappointment in the entire um, in the entire industry. Yeah. So I'm, it wasn't a surprise to get a, like um, we were coming up on a July launch temp possibly of CFT. Uh, there were rumors of it being delayed already. So when we, I, I think when I originally saw there was going to be a press release, a press, um, a press conference on the on an update, it's not the first time they've done that. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't really that surprising. It was just the surprising part was like it was kind of like last. It was like all of a sudden, oh, we're doing a press conference today, uh, rather right. than like it was last time. I think it was like a week ahead they announced it, rather than like it was like a, it was at least it was probably a day beforehand. I think 
um, they announced it. And so we're kind of like, okay, so they're delaying it. Obvious. They're going to go to the fall. Um, probably like October sometime or whatever. Like, I don't know, whenever the next time the ISS has an opening, which these days is actually quite difficult. Uh, and so they kind of went over, they started out the press conference with, uh, today's about communication. <laughs> and tomorrow is <laughs> when we start working on the problems. And when you say that, it's like, oh, this is not like a simple, we have what we're still working a solution to, we're still working a, uh, a problem from the previous issue and we're, we're going to send a delay. No, this is a, this is a serious, quite serious thing. Um, so right. first off, the first issue was with the tape. So the way that it was explained by Mark Nappy was that pretty much wherever they have wiring in the spacecraft, it's, uh, it's not just exposed wires. It's like wrapped in a, in a tape to kind of like protect it. Uh, like if you're working, like when they're working inside of it or whatever, they don't want to like bump it with something or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. Or, or for, if it did catch fire, hopefully that well. would be sort of something <laughs> that would stop it from continuing to catch on fire. Well, <laughs> I mean, that that's my understanding of like, yeah, car, everything you like put in a spacecraft <laughs> isn't supposed to be able to catch fire. Uh, it, it's right. Right. It's supposed to not be flammable. And a, Parent, I don't know what they tested or what happened, but there's some there's a certain scenario where uh, a current volt, like a high enough voltage goes through a wire, and he he kind of explained, uh, and I kind of mentioned this in a, in a text message. But I was I was like decompressing throughout it because Mark Nappy was I think it was Mark Nappy. Well, it was either Mark Nappy or it was um, Steve Stitch, who's the commercial crew. I think I think I think he's a commercial crew program manager for NASA. One of them was explaining like what it would take. To make it start fire, it's like you need a pure, well, you have a pure oxygen environment, and you have a high enough voltage, and you have some sort of ignition. And I'm sitting there just like, guys, we've like this is Apollo one, like this happened, like people astronauts have died right. already from this sort of scenario. So like this is not like a oh well if it could happen, like it's it's happened, it's happened before. So I'm not saying it will again. I'm just saying like they kind of explained the entire setup of, of Apollo one. Uh, which was you know, extremely tragic back in the 60s and, and mm-hmm. delayed the program for years. Uh, so it's not the tape itself, from what they explain. It's the adhesive of the tape um, that is flammable, mm. apparently. And <laughs> and I, I remember he, he mentioned, so he mentioned the tape, and, of course, questions afterwards, and they kind of, I'll be honest, uh, Boeing did not have a good day with with questions. Uh, I, Nappy had had some harsh questions mm. sent sent towards them, and uh, which is understandable. Uh, but um, uh, we pretty much then uh, explained that like, well, uh, we can't really remove the tape because it would be like really time consuming and it might damage the wires. So you might have to just like rewire everything. Which, if you think of anything that's as complex as a spacecraft, uh, you have a lot of wires. That's not. That sounds really, awful. I hate rewiring the back of the TV. Like, yeah, like rewiring it would not be an option. Like that, just you'd be delayed for another year. That like, sounds just, awful. This is no, no. As you're rebuilding the spacecraft, pretty much at that point. Right. So they're looking at. I think that what they're looking at. It's probably putting some sort of insulator over the top. But apparently, you might not have to do. It, you might not have to do it over every wire because some wires won't have enough voltage through the wires um, to like cause a fire, like a wire going to like a light probably won't have as much uh voltage as like something that's like a power like powering a, a screen yeah 
But yeah, yeah I would like, imagine it's like a power or just like any kind of power adapter. Yeah, I, voltage, current, uh, uh, amperage. I don't know. I, I'm not an electrical engineer. Yeah. Whichever one that could cause fire. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to use those. I, I know it's bad. I'm just going to use I might use those three interchangeable. But because um, I don't exactly know like what which one would, would actually <laughs> cause the fire. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a problem that they have to come up with. And then they have to come up with a solution for. They didn't propose any solutions um, during the press conference. Uh, and then the second one, which is, I, I can't tell, I cannot tell which one of these is more serious. Um, I think in my article, I mentioned that this one was the most serious one, but now thinking back, I, I really don't know which one, uh, is, is more serious than, uh, than the other one. I think they're both pretty serious. This one has to do with the mm-hmm. soft links on the parachute system. So the parachute system, I'll try to explain this one. It, it's not like this is a complex situation. It's just like, you kind of have to understand what these things are you have of course the canopies of the parachute which is the the big orange stuff that expands and drags on the atmosphere that slows you down uh, then you have the harnesses that go from the camp- canopy to the spacecraft um there's like i sounded like there he said they said there was 50 of them of those like wiring those cords harnesses that go from the canopy yeah, down to the, the spacecraft. It's, yeah it's basically the string that's holding the parachute yeah yeah and so they they clump up a couple of these cords on these things called soft links. So they're called soft link because they're, they link the cords to the hard point of the Starliner spacecraft. Uh, they're soft because they're not hard. They're like a cloth like material. So these apparently, uh, these are built by, uh, is it, I think it's like air, is it like airspace or something? I think is what they're called. Um, let me quickly, uh, I will quickly check. The softlink, softlink, softlink. Come on, tell me. Airborne systems. That's what it's called. Uh, this is a great time to tell you about our sponsor. Yeah. Just we, kidding. <laughs> SpaceExplore.com. Is sponsored, sponsored by, by nobody. SpaceExplore.com. Um, so, yeah, Airborne Systems is the uh, the subcontractor for Starliner that produces the, the, the parachutes. And so, apparently, something didn't happen correctly when they were registering like how much stress they can take um during development Mm -hmm. and it's a much lower value than originally expected so you might ask why did oft one and two successfully descend on parachute jared ask that question go so why did one and two descend correctly with no issues and why didn't they find this out then i thank you for asking that question jared uh, the reason why is because, uh, uh, similar to Apollo, similar to Dragon, um, these crew systems are uh, supposed are uh, designed to descend with four parachutes, uh, but has to be able to safely descend with three. So they can lose an entire parachute and still uh, descend safely. Because of that redundancy, uh, when OFT 1 and 2 landed, they had four great parachutes. They didn't have any parachute issues. Um, I think, I don't remember if it was a Dragon or if it was a, a Starliner that had like a slow to open shoot. Um, but I think it was Starliner. But but all four parachutes did open. So the stress on those softlings was, you know, below the limit that it could hold because it has four instead of three. So the, mm-hmm. the failure point um, is if there's one shoot out, so you have three shoots, and you have like a strong gust of wind or something like that that kind of pulls them harder than normal, which is within 
a reasonable doubt that that would happen. Like if there's a shootout, yeah. there's a reasonable doubt that there would be a strong gust of wind that could put more stress sure. stress on the stufflings. Uh, so that put it pretty much uh, the, the failure, the risk level that was assessed to this certain part uh, was above the limit that they were allowed to go over, uh, which means they they have to fix the problem. They have to redesign it. Uh, they can't they can't fly yep. humans on it. It's no longer it's not crew rated. Won't be crew rated. Um, it's not even rated. It technically wouldn't even be rated to fly uncrewed um, with that system. Uh, so that's a big uh oh um, for Boeing. And I, I got to give it the Boeing for this because um, they, this was the Memorial, this was Memorial Day week. So the, the problems were brought to the attention um, the week, bef- the, like the week before Memorial Day weekend. And the press conference happened that Thursday after Memorial Day weekend. Like this was the week of the problems being solved when they had the press conference. Much better than the last time we had an update where there was these problems they'd known for like months or years that all of a sudden, like, showed up, like, oh, we're delaying it because of this. Yeah, we've known for a while. Yeah. Like, we have to do this, and now we're, well, we're which actually was a parachute test. Um, so I wonder if there was, they discovered during that parachute test. Uh, but I gotta give it to them. It was in a week uh, that they actually shared it with us, rather than, like, waiting, waiting a while to, to share it. So I, I gotta say, I feel like both of these are pretty routine things <sighs> that you would, I, I, these feel like checkpoints that are pretty like they're sure. obviously massive checkpoints, but I feel like they're pretty as uh, basic at this point in in our history of doing creating rockets with capsules. <laughs> I feel like this I, is, these are checkpoints that would have been on the checklist. You know, like you said, I mean, you said Apollo One, right? So these are these have been on the checklist for quite some time. You know, uh, that's that's a valid point to make. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything to like because I'm not an aerospace engineer. I'm not an engineer at all. I'm well, a, I'm not saying it's. E- I'm not saying. I'm it's, not easy. Saying it's easy. I'm just saying these, yeah. feel. I, yeah, I'm definitely not saying it's easy. I'm just saying I feel like these are checkpoints that have. These it, would have been like the OG of checkpoints. <laughs> like it, it, you know, these it, are in that that original original list of like, hey, these are the checkpoints that we have to hit in order for this to work. It's um, one of those things that I'm a know, little. This is not new technology. It's not new technology. You know, obviously it is new technology, but it's not like. It's not like the it's, it's not new like, technology, uh, but it's not. Like, let's say SLS, right? Yeah, it's like or or even Starship. It's not completely new. It's it's like it's kind of like one of those things where like hmm, I, I'm wondering like how it get how it made it this far without notice. That's that's like what I'm like yes, that's why I'm there weirded out. Like how did it make it years of development and all of a sudden they find this, they discovered right. that this tape is flammable, um, or, or this this tape adhesive is flammable or this. The, the parachute system isn't rated. To yeah, be it's like if you made a shoe, if you made a shoe nowadays and you're like, okay, well, we need shoelaces, duh, right? So yeah. put shoelaces in. And then you're like, like you're about to launch and like sell the shoe, but you're like, wait a minute, our shoelaces don't actually tie. Well, yeah, as soon as you try to tie them, un- like they untie. just rip apart. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's, I don't know. It, 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 the thing that, it, it's one of these, like Boeing has had a lot of flops the past, like, decade. Um, hmm. Like, I mean, you have... Is that leadership? Like, like, you have 737 Max. You have all these other, like, problems that have, have like, you know, with Starliner that have popped up. And the thing that kind of concerned a lot of us, and uh, props to... So, one of the rough questions that Nappy had to answer from was from Christian Davenport, who's the space reporter from um, Washington Post. And I'll bring this question up every time because it was such a great question. 
something that like I just would never have caught. Um, every single time that Boeing has come up with like a delay um, with Starliner, they've always mentioned how like dedicated they are to the mission and that they're going to fix the problem. They're going to get back on track. They're going to launch it. And they didn't mention this time. Now, hmm. I think that's more of a like a flared. I, I don't. I don't think the wording, like the dropping of the wording, doesn't mean. I don't think that means anything at all. Like, I think. I think Nappy and the Boeing Starliner team like are extremely dedicated to getting this thing launched and fixed and on time and safe. Most importantly, safe. Like make sure that it, there's there's no problems, especially when you're dealing with crew. The thing that I think there's where there's, uh, of course, when when Davenport asked the question, uh, I like did one of those things where I like pushed back from my desk and I go like, Oh, like good job, Davenport. Like that was like one of those, when you see those questions, you're just like, I I'm envy of him. And I wish I asked that question. Um, he, he like instantly came out like, Oh, that's not what I meant. Like, you know, of course we're dedicated all this stuff. Like, and, and there's a statement right after the press conference that, that reiterated their, that they're dedicated, committed, and uh, it's their top priority. The thing that concerns me is that they had to go to this concerns me. Uh, the thing that concerns me has to go to uh, they went to the CEO. Um, it, it mentioned in the in the press release that they, you know, we we brought this to the CEO of Boeing, and it was talked about you know pass forward. That the CEO of Boeing, at least the way I look at the company, like because Boeing is such a large company. But the CEO isn't like no, there's no way the CEO can be like hands on everywhere. Like there's just there's just no way, right? Like sure, you have you have commercial airlines, you have defense, you have you have missile systems, you have a launcher. Like you, I mean, they own they own part of ULA. They have, of course, then the Starliner system and and satellites and like they they do everything. So bringing this problem to the CEO without solutions that they brought to them without solutions and they asked for a path forward seems concerning of how, if they, that they don't know how to fix the problems. Not that they, that they, 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 the, 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 how they're going to solve the problem is going to be really, really costly, uh, really long. And all this of course, um, is on the paycheck of Boeing. Boeing doesn't get paid. Extra. Right. It's a fixed price contract. They got paid. There's no more, you know, unless until they launch a you know, until they launch crew, like they don't get paid anymore. So, some along those lines, um, like so, any any sort of push out, you know, this is Boeing's dime. I'm Boeing's dime to fix this problem mm-hmm. for the third time now because we've had, you know, OFT had issues with the uh, with um, uh, the, the mission elapsed timer, and then they had the the mapping of the thrusters on the second on the on the service module and and spacecraft so OFT 2 was launched on boeing's dime um which then had a valve issue uh you know like that we all remember the valve issue from OFT 2 um they actually had another failed valve uh they, they said that they they i think they said they've, they've gone to with it wasn't like they have like a solution apparently for it or they just have another failed valve who knows uh so they've had to fix that and now delayed, which delayed over two, two more, which delayed CFT, which is like just adding on how much this is costing. Um, and we're getting to the point where if the Boeing Crew 1 mission does not launch fall of 2024, um, like SpaceX is going to start picking up slack and launching more. Like, pick up, like, SpaceX will have to literally right. start picking up Boeing missions. Um, 
or you know, we'll get to the point where Boeing will then be the only launch provider towards the end of the ISS lifespan. Um, we'll, like, because right now all the crew rotation missions have been awarded. Um, all the additional missions that would have gone to either, if, if Boeing and SpaceX would have launched around the same time their first crewed missions, um, they would have been split between the two probably. They've all been awarded the SpaceX because Boeing hasn't even been able to launch the mm-hmm. first one. Uh, so we're getting to the point where uh, more delays to Boeing is putting to the jeopardy of Boeing even going to be able to meet their contractual obligations. Um, I'm sure they, I'm sure they'll do it in a way because right now we're only launching, right now we're only launching on SpaceX anyways. So if SpaceX just keeps launching and then towards the end of ISS, it's just Boeing. Um, up to NASA if they feel comfortable with that, <laughs> of course. Uh, it's not like SpaceX will go away. They'll still have Crew Dragon. It's just they won't have, you know, lined up uh, crew rotation missions. So and then anything wrong with Boeing, they could always, you know, purchase an additional SpaceX mission. Um, so, yeah, it just seems like, I mean, it just seems like it's a leadership issue um, with that particular program. And it seems like. It's usually I mean, how usually when things like this kind of go. Like it's usually a leadership. Like there's no way like Boeing is like. Yeah, it just seems like there's. It just seems like it's the wrong wrong person for the job, or too many cooks in the kitchen, or you know whatever the the leadership issue is. You know, input X issue. Um, yeah. You know, but they just need to maybe you know boot that person you know out and. It's just like who would you who would you boot? Because I mean, Mark Nappy is an amazing. I like, have no idea. Like it, Mark Nappy's great. Like it's not his <laughs> problem. I mean, like this is like he's a manager. Like he's like he's a program manager. Right. He's not really like an engineering manager. So like it, it would be someone lower down. Is it someone higher up? Like I don't I don't know the hierarchy of the Starliner program. We just know that Mark Nappy is still commercial yeah. crew, um, like program manager. So I just know like, he's he oversees it. Um, and it's it's, it's below him. So. Uh, and, and NASA, um, you know, is on board. I mean, they're they're uh, they haven't shown any sort of slight like um, reluctancy to to supporting. Yeah, you know, they're they're, like, they're like behind them 100 percent still. Boeing's the best best friend, like in in the agency. Yeah, <laughs> you want if you want to have issues with the spacecraft, you want to have a contract with NASA because they'll they'll stand by you 100. Uh, percent DoD will drop you in yeah. a heartbeat, but uh, NASA will, NASA will stand by your side when you're <laughs> when you're going through it. Um, so, when it comes to when Boeing can launch next, uh, so it was a July launch window right now. Um, I think the next one is in the fall timeline-ish. Uh, it depends on, you know, when, what are we on now? Crew 7 would be launched in the fall. So, when Crew 7 launches, um, when there's, you know, a, a, if there's a Northrop Grumman CRS mission end of the year, you know, when that launches... Is there an Axiom 3 mission launching this year? Um, and then the finally is, is uh, I'm trying to think, I think when, when Crew 6 comes down. Yeah, you, you just gotta, you just gotta line up with having a, an available, um, you know, IDA port. Yeah, the, the ISS is like, is like a club right now. It is. It's, it's like, bumping. I mean, we had a lot of You gotta of get in line. Yeah, and you gotta dress the best because you gotta pay the door guy. Yeah, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get. In, yeah, you get, I know a guy in there. I know a guy in there. Trust me, I know the manager. Um, the it, because Boeing C, uh, CFT is a flight test. It's not a rotation mission. It it kind of get the bottom rung of uh of like when they sure, get priority. Sure. Uh, resupply and crew rotations will get priority. I'm sure. N- 
if it gets to a point, um, NASA would would prioritize a, a CFT over an Axiom mission, um, just because Axiom stays for a week, so they can be a little more flexible mm-hmm. with when they launch uh, versus a crew rotation, which is like they're on regular six month schedules. So like like you you miss one, you're just like okay, you're staying on the six months till the next one. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> Like it happened with the uh, with the MS twenty two, so uh, it just Boeing is kind of going through it with trying to find the ability to like just just get a, a spacecraft ready to launch and then um, be on a launch. Uh, for timeline wise, what Boeing gave Boeing just, they wouldn't commit to a uh, uh, any sort of timeline for when they can launch. Uh, the ISS program manager that kind of mentioned fall, um, but. If I'm a betting man, which I'm I'm not unless I'm in Vegas uh, or in any casino, uh, I would be putting I would I would be saying like probably winter the the spring is probably a way better time, but spring is probably yeah not I was gonna say I'm, I'm saying 24. I wouldn't be surprised. Not having until 24, 24 at all. Yeah. So uh, it, it's just one of these things that's just like man Boeing like I Boeing almost won the entire commercial crew program like they they almost were the sole provider uh of, Dude, of can you imagine? program like Get your shit together I it's just one of those things where it just baffles me the how big of a ball drop Boeing has done with Starliner like this will go now so mm-hmm. that's just like a huge just ball drop because after commercial crew like every commercial crew I mean technically they could launch to any commercial space station after this because they're all using uh the international adopting docking adapter um but i mean they're all almost every space station that's partnered with you know a a, a crew capsule of some sort i mean a lot of them partner with spacex or um dream chaser so (laughs) which is funny Mm -hmm. well i think the only one that's really partnered with dream chaser is a seer spaces program but uh it's like they've kind of already They've chose their companion, and Boeing seems to be have like left out of the of the ability to get on the commercial crew or the commercial space station team somewhere. And uh, it, it seems like this is going to be pretty much a one and done, you know, program where you you finally get the launch. You do your your I think it's six missions, um, six five or six missions, and you're you're done. Like there's no more Starliner, which yeah sucks with people who built it because it, it apparently was you I mean it, it's a pretty cool spacecraft like in the inside like it looks I mean, it, it's has a lot of it's not as it's not as sexy as star as a dragon like no one has the sex appeal as spacex but uh it has that like that nostalgia like old space feel but like upgraded like it's still cool like it's still like that yeah. like the shuttle's still cool but even though it's old like, it's still cool and that's not the inside of like dragon like or uh, starliner like it's it looks a little dated, nice. but it's still cool. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, but more vintage than dated, right? It's like vintage. Yeah, like, I think I think the displays are based off of the seven thirty seven Max, and like there's a lot of shuttle stuff that's thrown in there, and um, that's cool. Like they they pulled a lot of stuff from from like their other programs done in the Starliner. It's just kind of like, man, like you guys, like it just it just can't catch a break uh, of issues and. Yeah. Uh, Wherever that problem is, like wherever how something goes for years unnoticed, you know, um, like that has to be fixed because you really can't have something that has been gone on for for all these years um, and not found. So, yeah, yep. yeah. So 
That is bummer. That depressing note. That concludes. <laughs> we can't end the podcast like this. Give me something happy. What hap- what what happy thing happened this week? Uh well if we want to wrap it back to the front, um the immediate thought that I had on the instant reaction of um of the spatial computing. <laughs> We're going back to Apple. Gotcha. <laughs> well, no, uh, I just I, I immediately thought I just immediately thought like how you know like obviously a lot of their demos were um were you know like more of entertainment value right no not a whole lot of gaming obviously they didn't really touch on um and they didn't really get into they got into a little bit of like b2b type stuff but most mm-hmm. of the part of it was like entertaining right the whole disney presentation all that um and i the, swear they like, added uh, waste you know, they, they added a lot of bass to uh bob Iger's voice like bob Iger was speaking i'm like i don't remember probably. bob Iger being having this sort of a, like of a sexy bass voice well dude this is this is bob 2.0 so um Maybe it was Bob Chase. Uh, you know, Maybe it was the other back. Bob that I was here to listen to. Maybe that's why I'm, I was confused with yeah. the voice. But um, anyways, they do have... Uh, the thing well, I mean, I, this is Iger 2.0. So, you know, he's got a little bit more oomph in his, <laughs> in his uh, he, step. He has, anyway. He's on a mission to, bat to retire again. So, they <laughs> the cool thing about uh, the Vision uh, that, of course, like Apple really embraces the space thing really well, I think. Yeah, uh, So the, yeah, that, and that's what I was going to get at, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, so there's, there's two well, things like, going back to the entertainment. Yeah. The entertainment thing is like, um, you know, they, they showed a couple like you can, you know, watch an NBA game courtside or, you know, whatever sports. And all I could think about was like, finally, you know, maybe we can, um, everybody can sort of start to get an experience that you, you would get of a rocket launch, um, yeah. you know, closer to the rocket launch, which I think will be, I wonder how that could be really cool. That would be really, really cool. You would have to have, all right. Well, we're gonna work on that. Uh, that's gonna be a project. Yeah. Um, so pretty much, uh, the the two the two cool things that I saw that were spatially from the from the uh, Apple uh, was it was that called again Vision Pro, right? Um, Vision Pro, yeah. You can like go in and out. Like you have a little dial right there that like shows you can see see more of your environment or less of your environment. And one of the options yep. is the moon. Yeah, the crown. So yep. I just want to be in the moon. I just want to be on the moon. Uh, yeah. The entire time. That's there you cool. go. Uh, and then the second one, uh, I saw that apparently you can, like, use it to look at the night sky and, like, find constellations and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that oh, was, like, so, an Sort Apple of, like, the, the AR app. Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, like uh, if an app's coming eventually to do that or if that was something built into Apple already. But uh, you do, we, you will know that if there's anything space-related on that Vision Pro, Space Explorer will write about it. And we will write, we will, we will get it because I yeah, need hope, to find well, a hope, reason. The hope is, like, we can, we can podcast. I you need to find a reason. <laughs> To buy one. <laughs> uh, our, our, the editor in chief of 95 Mac, uh, Chance Miller, got to use one and he was very impressed with it. So, um, nice. And I just watched uh, the uh, Marquez Brownlee uh, like, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I watched this too. So, yeah, everyone good. seems very impressed with it. And uh, I, uh, I really don't want to spend $3,500 on it, but I, I'm, as an Apple fanboy, I kind of have to. So, <laughs> all right. So, with that uh, quick. Uh, redo of my recording uh thank you everyone for listening this week to the space explorer podcast uh we're gonna this is a longer one i think uh let's see what's our time limit at it oh yeah not as short yeah, as we're at week. 45 we're good so we'll see you guys all next week with an episode of the space explorer podcast you can follow me on twitter and for all social socials at seth kirk s-e-t-h-k-o-r-k jared where can they find you uh you can find me on social at hyperlight h-y-p-r-l-y-t-e usually hanging out on the instagram channels Instagram. And uh, 
Yeah, you can uh, you can find all the news at spacesport.com. You can listen to us at all the major podcasting sites and at spacesport.com as well and on YouTube. Uh, if, you listen, if you're watching the YouTube video, please like and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave a review. And if you want to hang out with me on Discord, I still hang out there by myself. Uh, the link will be down there in the, in the description. We gained we gain like two or three people a week. So like eventually, eventually I'll have more friends. It's happening, man. That's good. It's 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 really. I'll have, I'll have fun. Positive. So uh, thank you everyone for listening again. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.